I looked at Nick a while ago, and I just a minute ago, and I said, is this my first time preaching since my surgery? And he said, yeah, Dad. I said, no wonder I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I'm a little rusty here. <laughs> All righty. And uh, uh, my friend David Eastep told me, he said, now don't you get to going up there running and jumping around and acting crazy and hurt yourself. <laughs> I told him I was preaching. And uh, I told him, I said, yeah, you won't have to worry about that. I'll, I'll take care of myself. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. I'm hiding from my wife over here. She can't see me. <clears throat> You'll know about that here, Sister Lindsay, before long. <laughs> Luke chapter 13. Very familiar uh, parable here that I felt the Lord deal with me, uh, I guess now, maybe two or three months ago. And uh, felt like I need to preach it at the youth service here. And uh, I may not preach a lick, but I sure got to want to. All righty, verse 6. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit of this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Thank you for standing for the Word of God. I'd just like to talk to you about the patience and the grace of God. I don't know, whatever you want to write down on that CD back there, Brother Bill, or whatever you want to title it. But I'd just like to talk about the patience of God. All right? Uh, I want you to first recognize that there's three characters in this parable. Three. We've got... We've got the, uh, a certain man in verse 6, the owner of the vineyard. Uh, this is a likeness unto God, God the Father. And then he had a fig tree that was bearing no fruit. Well, guess what? That's a representation of you and I. And then we've got the dresser. And that dresser represents our intercessor. Jesus Christ. Woo! Just before this, the first five verses, they, they were trying to trick the Lord and talking to Jesus and uh, trying to trick him up on a, uh, and, and asking him about uh, people sinning and all that. And, and this is how he answered them uh, with, uh, with this parable and a few words before this. And, uh, uh, but I want you to notice, first thing, the situation of this tree. Brother Jason, this tree was in God's vineyard. Woo! Sometimes we forget that we're God's. Sometimes we forget that we are in His hands. Sometimes we forget that we are in His ownership. Woo! A certain man had a fig tree 
and, he, uh, and his vineyard, and he sought fruit thereon. Amen. This tree didn't just spring up by accident. This wasn't an accident that you and I are here in the house of God tonight. It's not an accident. Uh, I was telling some folks uh, uh, a few things about my life and my, my history before I got saved uh, a few nights ago and then the other day at work. And, and they a girl told me today when I was telling her a few things about before I got saved and I said, she said, well, it's a miracle that you're alive. I started jumping. I better not. <laughs> hey, it's an, an accident that, that I'm in the house of God tonight. It was ordained by the grace of God. Hey, man, I had every opportunity growing up. Brother Philip, I told somebody the other night. I don't know if it was uh, Rebecca or uh, uh, Sister Rebecca Schuler or somebody else uh, was talking to me in the last week. And, and I told them, I said, I was a stinking, rotten, mean boy. Now, Brother Philip, don't say amen too loud or you'll hurt my feelings, all right? <laughs> all right? Uh, uh, let's, just, let's just shuck it right on down the way it is. I was mean and rotten. And, and, uh, and, and I'm telling you, whoo, uh, but I would go to bed. There was not a night went by through my uh, preteens and teen years that I didn't lay down. Brother Philip, I don't want to say this, but I could have been in a state of drunkenness or whatever. Don't want to be, say too much about that. But I, I don't care what kind of state I la laid my head down in at night. I, I was visited by the Spirit of God. I can't tell you a night that I didn't lay down in the bed while I was a sinner. And God's presence didn't visit me, Brother David. I would say... Lord, I've been a rotten sinner boy today. Would you save me? You know how a sinner will do. Amen. Oh, it's not by accident that the God of heaven would send his presence. Amen. And convicting Holy Ghost power at my bedroom every night. Oh, and say you need to straighten up. You need to, amen, you need to fly right. It's not an accident. Amen. This man has bought a piece of property and he's not only planted one fig tree, Brother Philip, but he's got an orchard. All right? And, and, and uh, Brother Keith Barney, when you plant something, you're expecting a, a benefit from it, right? Ooh, Amen. God himself has planted this tree in his vineyard in this parable. Amen. And, but I want you to notice that tree that's got some expectations from it. Say that again. Say it louder. Woo! God's expecting a few things from us. Sister CG, I didn't know that you were sick. I heard him give in prayer request Sunday. I don't know what's going on with you or whatever, but it, it, I'm telling you right now. Woo-hoo! God is expecting something from us. Children, woo, God is wanting something from your life. Has the devil ever put you in a headlock and say, ah, you ain't no good. You're not any good. I'm coming your way, Brother Andrew. 
I thought I passed you the other night driving up the street and uh, and and I'm glad it wasn't you because the guy was driving and looking at his cell phone at the same time. <laughs> I said, was that Andrew? She said, Marcia said, no, that wasn't Brother Andrew. She told me who it was, though. <laughs> Listen, God is expecting something from this tree. He's expecting something from our lives. He wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. He wants us to be able, amen, to bring fruit to the, to the master's hand. Amen. Oh, Brother Jason, I'm telling you right now, that testimony, amen, of yours, I want to hear it. I was talking to your wife the other night, give her a little bit of my testimony, and she was telling me, that sounds a lot like Jason. I said, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to take him to lunch one day, and I want to hear, hear his full testimony. Ooh, glory to God. Uh, God is expecting us to bear fruit. Brother Jim, he, this tree is under great scrutiny. Three years have I come. I have looked for fruit for three years from this tree. But yet there is none. God is so patient, but yet he's expecting, he's longing, he's desiring something from your lives. I told my Sunday school boys just a few days ago, I said, Brother Bill and I are going to step off the scene. We're starting to move in. Now, we was middle age. Brother Phil, now we're starting to creep up into the senior age. Amen. Uh, I pulled up some uh, a retirement. Uh, I believe it was yesterday. I opened it up. I believe it was yesterday. I got a, a thing in the mail on to my retirement. And an uh, and, and estimated uh, uh, year of retirement, 2025. I said, wait a minute. <clears throat> Am I that old? Somebody typed in the wrong date there, David said, Brother David. <laughs> Listen, I told him, I said, I am going to be stepping off the scene. My health is beginning to get to the point, Brother Philip. It's hard for me to get to the house of God with this back, this foot. I know there's others. Amen, Sister Connie, uh, different ones that's got problems. Can I tell you right now? Hey Amen. Oh, I'm going to be stepping off the scene, Brother Philip. Hey Amen. Oh, before long, if God tarries, I hate to say this, Brother Philip, you're going to be stepping off the scene. Brother Roger, hey Amen, that boy that's seven years old. Oh, it's seven, seven years old now. He's going to be stepping off the scene. Hey Amen, Brother Bob, we're going to be moving out of here. Hey Amen, I've watched, I've grown up in around this church. I've watched ones come and go. Hey Amen, I've seen great men. Oh, I've I watched Brother Crabtree, amen, amen uh, uh, testify under the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, amen, entire the service all to pieces. I watched uh, Brother Frank Boyd get up to pray over the offering, and that was the end of the service as far as order. Amen, the Holy Ghost moved in. God is expecting something from you and I. I can't do much. I better keep this up here because I know, hey man, you can't hear me. Listen, I can't do much, Brother Dale. Hey man, can you be like these children that Brother Steve was bragging on the other day, singing in the neighborhood? Woo! Hey man, who knows? Oh! I heard them, heard them talk about Sister Jetty Boyd and her sisters. Uh, 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 Lord, their names has left me. Uh, Sister Beulah, and Sister Ethel, and Sister Jetty. 
would get saved as young girls and go out on those mountain ridges, begin to pray. And they said you could hear them praying, amen, all the way over on the other ridges. Ha, ah, we need folks uh, to be able to get reach out in prayer. We were sitting at work the other day, and, and I told y'all in a testimony the other night, Thursday night, I said a little bit, and, uh, and, but uh, I looked over, and uh, uh, my coworker had a book out, and she was looking at it. I said, what do you got there? I've got new Sunday school literature. She said, and I do not understand it. It's more, got more volume of material. I, I'm just trying to digest it so I can help my Sunday school class. I'm trying to get a grip on it. And uh, we were sitting there waiting on a patient to come, come, up, come in for their test. And so she just had five minutes and she opened that book and was reading. And we got to talking about the Lord. Another guy come over, our nurse there in, the, in radiology come over, and he, we got to talking about uh, the goodness of the Lord, and we got to talking about the scriptures. Hey, man, we just sat there, hey, man, had a good time for a few minutes talking about the greatness and the goodness of God. I told him, I said, have you ever read about the song, the book of Song of Solomon? No. You know, we've read through it. I said, have you studied it? Have you, have you looked at it? And I was, and I was telling them that how I would like to look at some of the minor prophets, you know, and, and go into, delve into their books. Obadiah really, not really went in there like I'd like to. And, and, and that retirement age, I, that's what one of the things was brought up. I said when I retire, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to is taking some time and delving deeper into those things. Not just reading them, but studying them and pulling out. And they, one guy, he said, you know what? You can be reading the Word of God. I've read them over and over and over all my life. He's my age. Uh, he's 25 and plus. <laughs> Listen. And you can be reading the Word of God. And all of a sudden, something will jump out at you that you've never seen before. I said, oh, yes. I know how that is. And I believe that's the divine, amen, uh, spirit of God that gives us the discernment at the time that we need to know what that scripture means, either for ourselves or to tell somebody else about it. Go out and talk about it. Can you read the word of God? Yeah, you can. Can you talk, amen, a little bit with your mouth? Hey, yeah, you can. Can you pray a little bit? Yeah, I can. Can you fast a little bit? Yeah. Well, then you can bear fruit for the Lord. There's great expectation of the Lord on this tree. And the, and the thing was, he said, I've come three years and I have no fruit. It's borne me no fruit. Woo! He said, well, why cometh it to ground? Cut it down. Woo! I am so glad Listen, God is so patient with us. I went years as a sinner boy doing mean, mean things. But guys, I'm here to tell you, God did not want me in sin one day. He didn't want me doing one sin. He didn't want me doing one thing wrong. Girls, y'all grinning. But I'm telling you, God does not want you girls one hour one minute in sin. The expectations of your life, Sister Donna, known you all my life just about it. Amen. God's expectation from your life, amen, is great. Woo! Amen. When we get to our family get togethers, 
Ah, amen. When we get to uh, 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 places of uh, 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 fellowship and we can just talk about the Lord, you know, uh, you want to you want to disperse a crowd at family reunions uh, where you got a bunch of sinners. You want to disperse the crowd real quick. Just talk about the Lord a little bit. Oh, yeah. They get they get to moving. Well, I need some more chicken and dumplings. Uh, they forget that God is interested in them too, and we need to remind them every once in a while. Woo, brother Randy. A few uh, a year or two ago, uh, I've lost track of time, but but. I was praying for Dad, and I told this here before, but I feel like telling it again. I was praying for Dad to be saved. Prayed for many, many years. And, and I said, I said, Lord, send somebody. Oh, I was praying a great and mighty prayer, Brother Philip. Send somebody, Lord, to talk to him that he would respect and, and be able to touch his heart. God said, why should I? I felt like God spoke to me and said, why should I? And it shocked me. And I stopped praying. And I, you know, I immediately started taking inventory. I said, wait a minute. What, Lord? Why should I send somebody else when you won't even mention it to me to him? Now, I'm going to tell you something. Those that don't know my dad... Hope you meet him on a good day, okay? You might like you might on a good day, all right? On a bad day, you might not like him. <laughs> Brother Jason, he really likes you. He's talked about you two or three times since you met him. Let me tell you something. I've seen him shut people down when they begin to talk to him about his soul in the past. And that's one reason I really never said anything to him because I knew that he was hard against it. I seen him put people packing and he'd tell them, I don't want to talk to you about this anymore and, and I want you to just leave right now. Leave me alone. I've seen him do that. Okay? And, and, and listen, by the grace of God, we'd all be right there. But Brother Bill Gillespie, God said, you won't even tell him about me. I said, okay, God. Message received and noted. We went over there. We were working on something together. I forget what we were doing together. And uh, uh, I, I went over there and spent the whole day with him. And I got, I got ready to leave about 5.30 or 6. And I was get, he was on his little tractor. And, and, and all of a sudden, and, and, I, and, you know, it just slipped my mind. When I got there, man, it was, oh, I was, man, I'm going to preach the gospel to Joe King today. All right? And, it, and we got busy and got to talking and got to working, Sister Virginia, and it slipped my mind. And, and all of a sudden, I started to walk away and get in my truck. And God said, you didn't talk to him about me today. And I said, okay. I stopped. Dad had done far the tractor up, and I went. He turned around, and I went. I, don't, I guess he's wondering, what in the world? Is this boy wanting a $100 bill or something? <laughs> you know, he just told me, bye. I raised that boy, and here he is wanting money. He looked at me real puzzled, and I went, cut it off. He killed that tractor, and I walked back over and began to cry. I said, Dad, and I told him what I just told y'all. And I said, God said, he ain't going to send nobody else because I won't even talk to you about him. And I said, 
So I'm here to tell you, God is interested in you. And I've seen a change in him, Brother Philip, not because of what I said, but I think he's got to the age, he knows that he's going to be shipping out of here before long, 76 years old, Brother Randy. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Amen. What can you do for the Lord? God is expecting fruit. Amen. And you won't even talk to your own dad about God. Amen. Oh, we need to be saved. Amen. Feel the Holy Ghost enough that we can witness for the Lord. I, walk, we, I guess we're setting a good example. We walked out, uh, uh, sitting there today, working on something on a computer, and a, a co-worker that had that literature out the other day, she was sitting there working on some paperwork, writing some things down, and she, the other girl walked in and she said, are we having church in here? And because and, we were, I was on a computer, she was uh, uh, working on some paperwork where we were conversing, we were talking, and she said, are we having church in here? Because she missed it the other day. She said, are we having church? No, no, we, we wasn't talking about God. She said, oh, well, oh, wow. Can we set a precedent? Amen. Uh, when we go out in public, Sister Deb, amen, that people just expect us to talk about the Lord. Amen. They expect and they long like Peter Mulkey and his wife to come and hear the gospel sin uh, of the Lord. Amen. In the choir of Richland's Tabernacle. Amen. Oh, the, the Lord has got a great expectancy for your life. Amen. Brother Steve, does your company expect you to keep those men in line when you're there working at night? You're still forming on night shift, right? Huh? All right, what's going to happen if they come in and production ain't been run all night long? Huh? Woo! It's going to, rubber's going to meet the road right real quick. My goodness. Oh, Brother Philip, I was studying for this and I read a story and it just kind of pleased me. Uh, 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 in the 19th century in London, uh, 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 Charles Spurgeon and um, Joseph Parker both had churches in London. Yeah, have you heard this story? And uh, and uh, uh, one and 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 uh, Brother Spurgeon had a, a orphanage there for children uh, 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 to be brought to and took care of. And uh, Brother uh, Parker he uh, made a comment uh, to someone basically about the sad state of those children before they got to the nur- the um, um, orphanage. He didn't say how bad they were at the orphanage, how bad they were before they got to orphanage. And, and you know, it just shows you how the devil gets into works. All right? And the word got back to Charles Spurgeon that Brother Parker said, boy, your, your orphanage children are, are in a sad state. And it angered him quite a bit. He got in his pulpit the next Sunday and he lambasted Brother uh, uh, Parker he give him he give him a shot from the pulpit, and and, and really laid down on him, and it was such a a a, 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 a strange circumstance that uh, the newspaper ran it. If the newspaper ran what mean you say, would we be in trouble? <laughs> Miscommunication, mislick here, but yet he took it what they said, and he really lambasted him from the pulpit. And I'm going to tell you what Brother Ralph told me. He said, Brother Dale, 
he, over the years, he would, I, I loved, I missed Brother Ralph. Not, not against you, Brother Philip, but I just missed Brother Ralph. Amen. And you'd sit right here. You'd sit right here beside of him and lead the service. Brother Steve, you probably remember how he'd do it. He'd t- touch you on the leg and he'd tell you who to get seen next after this one's done. And, 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 and he would give you great big uh, 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 nuggets of information and, and uh, uh, jewels of, of wisdom while you're sitting there. He said, Brother Dale... I've had him tell me multiple times, the pulpit is not a place for retribution. Sister Doris heard him tell me that several times. The pulpit is not a place of retribution. You don't take your vendettas into the pulpit. You don't talk to target out one person that made you mad. You go in there praying and with the word of God. And if, if it's meant for that person, then so be it. But don't you go in there and say, I'm going to hit that person. I said, that's good, that's good Brother Ralph. That's good, good words. Amen. So everybody was excited. What is Brother Parker going to say Sunday against Brother Spurgeon? And so a large congregation showed up at Brother Parker's church in London. And see what his rebuttal to Brother Spurgeon. You know, a lot of folks like to stir the pot, don't they? Whoa. Brother Keith Barney, they said that when Brother Parker mounted the pulpit, you know what he did? He knew what was going on. He knew what the circumstances was. And he knew that Brother Spurgeon probably heard the wrong thing. He didn't prejudge him in the wrong way. And he got up and he said, now, we know that Brother Spurgeon is out of his pulpit today and he's not there to take up his missionary offering for his orphanage today. They do it on this Sunday every month. He said, so I would like to take up an offering for his orphanage. They said that congregation come unglued began to worship the Lord. They passed the offering plates not once, not twice, but three times. They had to go dump the offering plates and fill them up three times before they had the congregation's money to help Brother Spurgeon with his orphanage. I'm telling you, woo, amen. I've been guilty of it. You've been guilty of it, picking up stones and throwing them at people, amen, in anger and in, in frustration. Forgive me. Hey, I'm just human. Ha! But I'm going to tell you something. More than that, I want to make it to heaven. You forgive me. Hey, man, if I'm just a fleshful man and in my haste and in my anger I say things bad, Brother Philip, I'm telling you right now. And, and you know what happened? The next week, Brother Parker was in his study. There was a knock on his door. And guess who it was? Brother Spurgeon. He said, Brother Parker, I mean, I need to speak to you. He walked into his study. He said, now, I deserved judgment for what I did and said. But you didn't give me what I deserved. You gave me what I needed, and that was grace. Wow, wow, I'd never heard that story before, but if we would do that, amen, to one another, how much better would our church be? How much better would Richlands be? How much better would Tazewell County be? How much better would would, uh, uh, the state of Virginia and the United States be? How much better would the world be if we all loved Jesus and loved one another? Hey, but I'm going to tell you something. God does have a limit. 
There's a time that he will give his patience to you over and over again. I've come these three years and I have received no fruit. But there's a time that he expects fruit. And then at that point, he said, cut it down. But I like this part of the story. Amen. There's an intercessor. There's an intercessor named Jesus Christ. And he comes. And the master said, I have come and I have looked for fruit on this tree. Amen. I have come and looked for fruit on this tree for three years and I've found none. Is there not somebody just cut this tree down? Will you not just get rid of it? What he was going to do is he was going to plant another tree. He was going to get one that was useful. But I'm going to tell you, uh, Sister Connie, when I was studying this out uh, years ago and studying on this and preached on it years ago, it says let there's a dresser, the dresser, the, the, the tender of the, the, the orchard. Amen. He says, Lord... Read it, Brother Randy. Read that verse. Huh? Oh, okay. He says, all right. Lord, uh, let it alone. That word alone means grace. That means mercy. Let it alone. There's been times my wife's been beating the devil out of Nick, and I say, let him alone. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just said that to make you laugh. Hey, listen. Marcia says it's the other way around. Do you hear that? Well, we're going to have a discussion here in a minute here. Listen. Will somebody come and, and take care of this tree? Will somebody have a, a desire to save this person's soul? Who will come? And the dresser steps in. He says, let it alone. Let me work about it. Let me dig about it and dung it. Amen. Brother Philip, I actually read where one commentator said they would secure the tree, embrace the tree, and literally dig the earth out from under that tree. And they would look, and sometimes they would find a mighty stone that was hindering that root system, and they'd break it up, and they'd bring it out, and he'd be digging. And, and all of a sudden he found something. What was it? It was hatred. 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 That's hindering the tree. Let's get rid of it. And he kept digging. And he kept working. And he kept saying, Lord, hold on. Give me one more season. Give me one more time. Amen. To work with this. Give me one more season to see if I can save it. What else did he find? Evil associations. And bad friends. Woo. Amen. I'm going to tell you, my dad's a rotten, dirty sinner. Okay. Lord's dealing with him. He tells me he's talking to the Lord. But I like to see complete salvation come. But these times he looks at me and he says, he said, you don't need to be running around with that feller. That's my dad. My dad. Dirty, rotten sinner. Amen. Running around drinking, swarping. Amen. Brother Keith, he looked at me and said, you need to stay away from that guy. Amen. Get rid of them bad friends. They're hindering me. Amen. And Jesus, he's digging about us. You ever come to church, had a preacher step on your toes? And he finds something else? Huh? What was it? Stealing. Are you stealing something? What are you stealing? What are we taking? 
Kids, are you stealing something at school? Are you going over to your friend's house and while she ain't looking, you pick up her watch? I'm telling you right now, that will keep you from bearing fruit. Get rid of it. All right. And Jesus is still working with us. Hey, man, he continues to work. And he pulls out drugs and alcohol out of our lives. He says, they don't need that. How I want to get that as far away from them as I can. And then he finds, are you lying? Are you lying? We could go on and on and on. We could pull stones out. But they would break those stones up. And they would throw them aside. And then when they got done, they would start pulling the dirt back together. And they would get that tree uh, uh, settled in. And they'd let, let that dirt settle and that soil settle. I'm telling you, sometimes, amen, the patience of God, amen, gives us grace. And we have to get settled, amen, in the gospel and the salvation of Jesus Christ. I was saved at least, at least a year before I really felt Good, settled peace, Brother Philip. And I believe that if I died in that first year of salvation, I would have went to heaven. But there was something I was dealing with. Let me find it. There was something that I was dealing with that I just wouldn't let go. God was dealing with me. And I wouldn't let it go. Brother Philip... And I want it. I said, God, and I mean, I'm battling suicidal thoughts and tendencies before I got saved and even after. And Brother Philip, can I tell you what God told me I had to lay aside? What is that? Hatred. Hatred. I hated some people. I hated them with a passion. I hated them with so much hatred. I hated them. It was the cornerstone of my being. It was what I lived for. It kept me alive. I felt suicidal, but I was so mad at some people that I wanted to live long enough to kill them. And God, after a year of being saved, Sister Tommy, God said, you got something you need to get rid of. Before you're going to get that deep settled peace that I have for you. And I took it to the altar. And I laid it on the altar. Brother Keith. And can I tell you to this day. That person that I hated so much. There was two or three of them. But one of them. Hey man. I'm able to go and hug their neck. And kiss their cheek. And tell them. Not, I'm not bragging on me. Okay, when I said that, all of a sudden, I got checked by the Spirit of God. I'm not telling that what I'm doing, but it was by the grace of God. Hey, man, I, the Lord and His patience and His grace dealing with me. Hey, 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 kids, you're going to get in situations, and people's going to do you wrong. They're going to do you wrong. And if you pick up hatred, you're going to carry it around, and it's going to be a burden. Brother Bill, can I fish like this? I probably could fish a little bit, but I can't fish good. Huh? I can't. How are we going to fish for the souls of men and women when we can't even get by what is in our lives? Amen. I laid that on the altar and I said, God, if you will help me with this, 
I learned to love them. Amen. And here I am, 30 plus years down the road, Brother Steve. Amen. The intercessor, that dresser. Amen. My, my intercessor, Jesus Christ, my Savior, stepped in and said, He kept digging in my heart. Amen. He kept digging in my soul. Amen. I had got the Holy Ghost, Brother Philip. I believe we got the Holy Ghost right, right before, right after that. Amen. When I got rid of the hatred, amen, that was keeping me from true salvation and true peace in God, I threw it aside and I said, I'm going with you, God, no matter what. In the famous words, they said on these scriptures, they asked Brother uh, Spurgeon where it says, Why cometh it to ground? He said, You ask me why. You ask me why. He said, That it's not cut down. He said, It's because Jesus is interested in us all. In us all. Or what have we say in the mountains? He's interested in y'all. Hey, in the wise words of Brother Ralph Horton, he would tell me, Brother Dale, he poked me on the leg, Sister Doris, I miss that so much. I miss it so much. And I don't mean to upset you. I hope I'm not. But I just was reminiscing. He poked me on the leg and he said, Brother Dale, he said, a lot of folks wonder sometimes why I don't just run some folks out of church. They're committing sin. They're doing wrong. He said, but I'm going to tell you what. And he told me this multiple times. He looked at me. He said, as long he pointed through the congregation, not at any one individual, he pointed down through the, the pews. He said, as long as I've got them in the pew, as long, I'm not going to let sin on my pulpit, he said. Now, oh, he stopped and he forcefully told me, I'm not letting sin on my pulpit. But he said, as long as I've got them in the pew, I've got a chance at winning their souls. Who was it? Brother Leon Buzzard got saved, what was it, 13 times? Way up there. Many, many times that I heard him testify. Many, many times he'd get saved, backslide on the Lord. Amen. Get saved, backslide on the Lord. Get saved, backslide. And then all of a sudden he said, I got a hold of the horns of the altar. I got saved and prayed through. Kids, the Lord... Is being patient with you now. Do you like patience or do you like judgment? Oh, huh? I like patience better. It tastes more like a honeycomb, amen, than a bitter, bitter drink. Woo! Hey, man, I know we got to quit here. I preached too long. Uh, uh, get us a song, Sister Dana, if you could. Somebody, Brother Randy, whoever wants to come. But let me tell you something. Billy Graham was driving through a southern town, and he was speeding. Rick didn't realize it. He got caught speeding, pulled over. The officer said, were you, I think you were going over the speed limit. He said, yes, sir, I think I was. They wrote him a citation. You need to be back in court at this time and this date. Billy Graham showed back up. The, you know, the judge, he, you know, a lot of times you get going through your job and through, going through the motion. Get that going through the motions, and a lot of times it's just it's routine. It's routine. Billy Graham was sitting in a courtroom with everybody else that had committed crimes and speeding tickets and parking tickets and everything, and all of a sudden the judge, he said, all right, next case. Billy Graham stood up and walked up, 
said, he didn't even look up. He said, uh, it's, you're charged with going 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. Is this correct? Billy Graham said, guilty as charged. And when he said it, they said the judge looked over his glasses and said, well, at first he said it, said, I'm guilty as charged. He said, he said, Brother Graham, is that you? He said, yes. He said, well, he said, the law states there's a speed limit and you've been, you've pled guilty. Ten miles over. He said, I find you one dollar for every mile over. He said, but I, it is my great pleasure to take care of that for you. And he reached back and got his wallet and pulled out ten one-dollar bills and laid it with the ticket and said, it's paid in full. Amen. Billy Graham was said later, he said, that's just the way Jesus does us repentant sinners. Amen. Not only does he forgive us, but he pays the way. Amen. Church, let's stand. Amen. Woo! I want you to know, God's being merciful. God's being very, very graceful to you right now. Boy, it's been a time or two. I wish my dad would have been a little bit more graceful for me. I'm telling you, when he started wailing on you, you, you noted. it. I mean, you noted it real good and real quick. Kids, God's been merciful. He's been graceful. I want you to come to this altar. I want you to thank him for it, that he's not passed judgment on you. He's not passed judgment. He's not cut you down just yet. But if we don't accept, there's a period of grace. But after that period of grace is tremendous, there's a period of judgment. Let's come to the altar, church. Children, let's come to the altar. Let's tell the God of heaven how much we appreciate his mercy and grace. How much we appreciate him being patient for us. And let's give his li- our lives to him. Amen. Come on. Come on, Michael. Show me how to Grace that will pardon and cleanse within grace, grace, God. is greater than
Mastered by the master's hand. He's still working, working on me to make me what what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How lovely and patient he must be. He must be. He's still working on me. 